five, four, three, two, one, go. This is seriously the kind of music I've got my kids listening to. Dude, I miss the 80s, I tell you. Welcome back to the Super Flexible Podcast. Missing the 80s into the 90s. We've got some undervalued rookies. What? It's been been fun. Like, dude, I enjoy my kids so much their entire life. So I don't want to make it sound like I don't. And I think you'd kind of agree as a parent. Like, maybe you won't. But every (laughs) step of the way has gotten better. Like there's always these stages. I'll look at my kids and I'll be like, Oh, I don't want to grow out of this. But when we get to the mm-hmm. next stage, it's so much better. It's so much more fun. And, and I'm, I'm having this conversation with you because of music and how fun it's been for me to live through my kids and watching their music experience. And as they get into music and they're listening to like some of the stuff I listened to and, and other new stuff, I don't know. I've really enjoyed living like vicariously through my kids and them getting into music. It's one of my favorite stages we've been at is kind of like sharing that with them. Even the music I don't enjoy as much because my yep. dad was an asshole about that. Like, and, really? and I think a lot of older guys kind of were. Sorry, older guys. But if you weren't listening to their like 60s and 70s classic rock, it wasn't music. And uh and I mean, now I've got, I mean, my kids are listening to that 60s and 70s classic rock. They're listening to like 80s, like you mentioned, all kinds of stuff. And uh, it's awesome. They've even turned me on to new stuff. So I'm glad I'm not like my dad. I'm the same way. My dad was a rock drummer. Well, kind of still is, has Parkinson's, so he doesn't play in a band anymore. But he tries to bang around on the on the drums in the basement still. But uh, I grew up listening to all the best classic rock stuff. I mean, all of it, like yep. the heavy stuff, the know the light stuff everything and it was a great upbringing that's what my dad would always play and then i kind of had to discover my own stuff right just to have my own stuff and it really wasn't probably as good but it was mine you know it belonged to me and then i found myself getting back into that stuff in college that my dad listened to and i really had a greater appreciation for it but we try to do that here at the house too with the kids and they're listening to 21 pilots and all this stuff that i can only marginally relate to and a little bit you know we have some common ground but they'll hear songs and 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 get into it and it's funny because we were playing music out on the patio doing some work yesterday around the the yard and told the kids you can't listen over the bluetooth uh, outdoor speakers to your stuff because we're out here so we're gonna listen to our stuff and um you know (laughs) baby got back came on you know and i like big butts and uh, my my son is 10 years old and he's just laughing and singing it it's like hilarious i mean and you know that's just like that's awesome yeah see them yeah to see them at this age now 12 and 10 and be able to do so much with them like the 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 madman crew goes out and does stuff together as a family you know i didn't know we'd get to that point because they were always little and every year like i'm able to do more and more stuff with them and so i miss yeah you know yeah i'm as little kids and look at the pictures i'm like oh my god we didn't get enough of this we probably did it and and you know i'm just being reminiscent but absolutely cool to relate to them more as they become a you know closer and closer to adulthood yeah um, their personalities and stuff. It's it's really cool, man. Like I never I never knew this would happen. I had no you know baseline for this. When my when my son's like, hold on, dad, my favorite part's coming up, and I'm like, okay. And then he's like, I'm hot, sticking sweet, <laughs> and he's singing like <laughs> Def Leppard, and I'm just like, oh shit, yeah, dude, I know this song. Like I was actually this is mine. <laughs> th- doing this in fourth grade 
art class <laughs> you know what i mean like and you really look back at those times and uh i don't know so it's pretty it's, my kids don't know how to take me though buddy i'll be like you know what i remember the first time i summited everest guys and they're like dad stop it and then i'll be like i remember the first time i saw def leopard and they look at me like where's the punchline i'm like no really i saw these guys like six times I'm like oh shit what about duran duran they think i'm coming up with another tall tale or yeah. like something i did that didn't happen so funny. it happened kids <laughs> I have the receipts, literally. Undervalued rookies. Oh shit! Here we go. I know, I know. We got into a few when we were we teased a few with the overvalued guys. We definitely had a few in there. I feel like from that show, one we pulled out of it pretty strong was Terrace Marshall, and I think he yeah. fits the bill. But I don't know yeah. how much time we need to talk about him. Well, he, he does fit the bill. You know, he can play the slot. He can play outside. He's a big player. He's fast. He, he can win one-on-one, 50-50. There's really not a lot that Terrace Marshall can't do. There's questions, you know, you know, he's going to Carolina. What, you know, what's going to happen? Um, I like what they're doing in Carolina. You know, I don't like their quarterback necessarily, their situation there. Well, I'll get, I'm willing to give that a, a chance, but I think that he's one of those players that's going to pay off. Like, your return on investments probably going to be um, a win for you. You're going to get that return because he's not being drafted at his ceiling. His ceiling could be, you know, one of the best wide receivers in this class, if not the best in production for fantasy. Um, you know, he also could, you know, maybe have some recurring injuries and just kind of be that guy. But based on his, you know, MO, like how he's put together and what he's able to do, I think that, you know, that's a guy you could take a risk on in the top, at the top of the second round before pick 205, let's say pick him up and um you know i i really feel like that's an undervalued anyway i don't know about underrated i i, I think he's underrated too uh but undervalued in my rookie drafts definitely a guy that could become a potential wide receiver one for a team with without too much argument from someone things have to fall in place but you don't have to reach on his um prototype to say oh maybe he could become a wide receiver one it's it's in he's got the cards yeah yeah i agree how do you feel about him like with the rest of the team, like Robbie Anderson? How do you feel about Robbie Anderson? I mean, Robbie Anderson's kind of like that. Hey, man, run a post. I'm, if you're open, I'm throwing you the ball. I, and that's he can do more than that. I think he's shown that since he's come to Carolina. But, you know, at the same time, I'm not scared off of it's not a situation where I worry about, I'd, I'd be more worried about Jamar chase with all the mouths to feed, even mixing, catching the ball, all the stuff that they have going on in Cincinnati. than I am about Terrace Marshall. I feel like yeah. all he has to do is perform and he's going to get his. Yeah. I don't, he's that I number don't three wide receiver on the team and could eventually beat out Robbie Anderson, in my opinion. Right. And Robbie Anderson's 28 now, you know, on his second team, he's, he's a super skinny guy. He, he can do something. He's a, he's a heck of an athlete. He really is, but he's mostly been a sort of a go guy, you know, the go route guy. And I don't think he's going to, you know, I think that there's going to be some synergy there. They'll help each other. I, I really like that. There's somebody like that on the other side, Terrace Marshall. I think it helps him, um, but I'm not worried. It's not like we're talking about, you know, AJ Green or Julio Jones on the other side of the field at the same time. Did you do you remember seeing that clip last year with Robbie Anderson on the bench and he was asking um, why the bear was at the game and then the team pointed out that it was actually a panther. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then yeah. he was Cur- wondering Curtis why Samuel. why would a panther yeah. be there? Mm-hmm. It was Curtis Samuel that did that, right? That said, "Hey, it's." Uh, <laughs> I, I thought it was. <laughs> I thought it was Robbie Anderson. Thought it was a bear or something. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was Curtis Samuel that said, dude, that's the mascot. That's a panther. Yeah. And, and in that moment, like, I instantly thought less of Robbie Anderson. Yeah. Like, how do you not know what that is? I get it. And, you know, maybe he's all about football. But Terrace Marshall, I, I just, first of all, all, on paper, one of the best wide receivers in this class, for sure. Yep. And he dropped. And it's a value for you to take him. I, I think without Some a doubt. Some of it with the injuries, probably, right? Or the injury concerns coming up late. I think so, and I'm not overly concerned about that. I mean, he did a hell of a job last year. I saw what I needed to. He showed out. Um, you know, no more concern than anyone else. You know, Rashad Bateman with Lamar Jackson and that passing game. And there's concerns for every player. Jamar Chase with all the players there. You know, Joe Burrow's not going to just throw it to Jamar Chase people. I mean, yeah, I, they have some chemistry. He's definitely going to get the ball to Jamar Chase. But let's not forget about Higgins and Boyd, like he pointed out on the other show last week. Um, you know, there's <laughs> – there's questions about all of these guys. So do you have Marshall rated highly and you're getting him at the top of the second round or whatever? I mean, I kind of went into this, like even mentioned a few times within on rookie fever and our rookie fever player profiles. Marshall was my wide receiver three, two to three at times. And that didn't change much for me in in this rookie class. And that didn't change much for me at all after landing spots. If anything, he became more of a value than I ever thought he would. He was somebody that early on, I I told people he's probably somebody I'm going to have a lot of shares of because of where I thought you'd be able to get him. Yep. And it kind of panned out that way. And then that injury stuff happened last minute. And I think it even hurt it even more. I mean, for me, Value, yeah. yeah, for me, even like I told you on our overvalued show, to, to imagine getting him at 205 in a one quarterback set, for me, I was just, I, I don't know, to me, that was like one of the best values I probably got in an actual rookie draft Ring the bell. so far this year. Huge, huge value. Ring the bell because he really does have wide receiver one potential. Not everybody in this class does. I, mean, I love Rush, um, Rondale Moore, but you know, is he really ever going to be a wide receiver one? And mm. it's going to take a lot of the right things to fall in place for that to happen. I, I love I love him. I think you need to draft him yep. and all that, but I'm not taking him over Terrace Marshall. There's no way. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I have uh, Rondo Moore after players. Marshall. Yeah, yeah no. he's one of my favorite players in this class, but I mean, you know, we're playing fantasy football and what's what? which guy has the higher ceiling? Right. So. And, and so I want to throw this at you. And I know all of our rookie drafts aren't the same, and this is not going to, you're not all going to be this fortunate. But Mm -hmm. anybody that doesn't know, Jeremy came on Rookie Fever, did Justin Fields' player profile, has some great stuff to say about him. If you haven't, go back and check that out. But anyway, I got Justin Fields, maybe, maybe this is actually the best value I got at 106 in a super flex rookie draft. In a super flex? Super flex rookie draft. Jesus Christ. Oh, first of all, man, you, you already know how much I love Justin Fields. It's not just the Ohio State connection. I told you, you know, this was a kid that we were all hot after in Debbie before he transferred all that. It, it was like a match made in heaven with Ryan Day's offense, and he delivered. I'm like, what else does this kid need to do to prove that he is one of the best quarterbacks? And it's showing now in super flex drafts. He's going at one, 102 or 103. It kind of kind of fluctuates a little bit um you know where where he falls there but if it weren't for trevor lawrence being in this draft justin fields is the 101 in almost every draft he'd have to be i mean that's playing super flex this guy's ceiling is through the roof i feel like in a way he's because of lawrence he's just a little bit undervalued especially when he's going 103 or where you got him at 106 what are people not seeing um I get, you know, you want Sam, a piece of San Francisco's offense. You know, you, you definitely want to get a piece of Trey Lance. But I've seen 
Trey Lance go more often than not before Fields at, at 102 um, lately. And I think I think that makes Justin Fields a screaming buy a value for sure. Now, so in this draft, I had the 102, the 106, and the 108. Uh-huh. What'd you get at 108? So, and, and I do want to like explain why I made my decision at 102 before I get oh, there. Okay. So sure. at 102, I was unconventional and I went Najee Harris. And the reason I did that was because I had that 106 and compared to my team needs, I was going to be happy with whatever quarterback fell to me at 106. Totally get it. Yeah, and I thought sure. maybe Wilson, Pitts would go. Andrew. I thought maybe Jamar Chase would go. Never uh-huh. in my life did I think Justin Fields was going to fall to me at 106. Yeah, wow. So I got Justin Fields at 106. Um, I, I'm trying to pull it up now, but I, I remember what I drafted. And then I don't know what went at 107. At 108, I added Zach Wilson. Oh, man. Yeah, you have to do that. Just on resale value alone on the quarterbacks and the super flex. Uh, you know, guys, were sounds like drafting their guys at those places well you did you you took harris because i'm i'm guessing you didn't think he'd be there at 106 necessarily maybe he's going at 104 or 5 you you would miss out if you if you took him and like you said you have a shot at one of the quarterbacks almost for sure yep. here you got two of two of the best five quarterbacks in this class at 106 and 108 yep Dude, that's awesome absolutely so i mean i didn't think it i felt even weird with what I would normally tell people to do, I felt weird taking Harris, but I knew just kind of looking at my team, my draft picks and thinking, I, I was kind of thinking like, Oh, I'll get, I'll get Zach Wilson at one Oh six and I'll be happy. But then when it was, when it was <laughs> fields that I was getting there, I, I, I was smitten dude. Yeah, definitely. Um, in that draft for sure undervalued, but I think overall he's, it's because of Lawrence and you know some other factors because of so many quarterback choices and you know people thinking that certain players are going to be better in those offenses they were drafted higher i mean fields fell right you know to chicago trading up to get him they wanted him so bad uh, the coach has a really good relationship with fields college coach ryan day um, going to do a lot of the same things and put him in position to succeed listen chicago yeah we dog on them a lot they did a little bit better last year but what was holding them back i mean they have they had trubisky you know now they have dalton he's definitely in the backup years of his career and i'm sure that's sooner rather than later you know you don't maybe love chicago but is it any worse a landing spot for a passer than urban myers right. trevor lawrence i mean exactly jacksonville? Dude. i would rather exactly. quarterback the chicago bears than the jacksonville jaguars and honestly the Jets have to show out. They have to do some things and make some serious changes for Zach Wilson to kind of jump up there too. Yeah, the I only difference Fields about the Jags is their players eventually end up on the Bears anyway. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> That's awesome. They've got a nice, nice relationship. So, but, uh, but, dude, I agree with you, and I think that's part of it. Between Fields falling a little bit, he was already getting negative hype before the draft, and then him going to a place that a lot of people just don't like in Chicago, I think really hurt his, Mm -hmm. his draft stock a lot for fantasy. So, yep. There's other guys too. Um, you know, big names that are still undervalued in this draft in this, in this rookie class. Who you got plenty. Well, honestly, you were talking about Najee Harris. I I think he's probably going appropriately, but I, you know, the running backs are kind of taking a hit because of all the quarterbacks vaulted to the top of this class. So, you know, Najee Harris, Maybe in other years he's drafted higher, right? Because just based on who he is relative to what quarterbacks are generally available, ETN, a a screaming buy for me, totally undervalued. He's going after Najee Harris most of the time, right there in the middle of that first round, fifth, sixth pick. Mm -hmm. He 
used to be talked about as the best talent in this draft. Not a lot really changed. You know, he's a little heavier, you know, some of the stuff that he did, you know, the pro day. I don't think there's I still I'm not I'm not underwhelmed by him at all. I think that he's he's one of those guys that I feel like his just knowing what I know about Clemson, how they use running backs and and thinking about this class, he hasn't done anything to take away from how highly we valued him in Debbie. He's still that super fast guy for size. He can catch the ball. I guess he's a little scared of doing that, but I mean, maybe it's because Clemson hung him out to dry a lot through it the last minute and he'd get hammered, but he didn't have a lot of running room all the time. But I really think that he's lights out super talent. And I feel like that's a screaming value at middle of the first round for that guy. Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. And I do have my concerns, but I, they're not really like uh, I don't really have so much like long term concerns just so much i think that people are got really excited because of draft capital okay. but i do think that he's he's a value i agree with you everybody thinks i hate travis Etienne, which isn't the case it's just that i've kind of been the guy saying that james robinson isn't just going away and no, that's, he's not he's that's how i feel not. but i think the role that etn is going to have in that offense to all of your points you made is going to be very fruitful and it's he's going to be a great ppr back and i think they can both be viable so anybody that's hearing me talk right now is like oh you hate him but i don't i agree with everything you said my biggest concern is having urban meyer completely panic because Elijah Moore was taken, and then, and then he's just like, oh, so I, so I took Travis Etienne. He's pretty much let us know that's what he did, and then now he's changed it to like our guy fell to us. And I'll, the- I'll say that that guy is the best, the biggest salesman of all time. He's he's a salesperson. He, I don't know how much of that is is accurate, and he's really tipping his cards. Maybe, maybe he is, but the fact remains, you have Etienne playing with oh wow my quarterback in college right, he's got Lawrence. connection yep for sure i, mean, I hear you definitely gonna, in an urban meyer offense that running back is going to get used in the passing game no doubt that running yep. back whoever becomes sort of the lead back that's out there the most is going to get a ton of volume and honestly i you know i like james robinson and i feel like people are you know uh what down on him and not giving him enough credit and i'm sure urban's smart enough to use him but they drafted highly a running back and, you know, get your guy. I'm going to use my guy. ETN's not just going to be a third down back. I mean, maybe this year, but I mean, I think that's a guy with, with the talent that he has, that you're just going to have a tough time keeping him off the field. So uh, much like I do with wide receivers, I'm going up based on the talent of ETN mm-hmm. and feel like he's a value at that pick. And I don't buy half of what urban tries to sell. I don't, I don't hate that. How do you feel about Javante Williams? No, I think that guy going so low in the first round is also another huge value. And he's mm-hmm. going to Denver. They're going to use that. He catches the ball. He runs better than average. And Melvin Gordon isn't long for Denver, right? Yeah, yeah I'm this with is you. His last year, really under contract. Yep. I mean, he. I don't want to say he's just a guy because he's been really good in the pros. But honestly, they're not going to keep paying him. Um, they drafted Javante Williams high enough that he's going to take that role. And I don't think it's... Um, it could be this year he becomes the starter, right? And but it, where he's being drafted, it's it's a value if you're thinking of him ever as in the in the immediate future as a starting running back. He's yeah. the guy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I totally agree with you. But even as you're talking, that it made me think: Is he yet to be a better value? Like, can I get 
can I get Williams even cheaper or let's say easier? Let's say easier. Oh. I don't like cheaper. Can I get him even Trading? easier come like September when Melvin Gordon is the number one running back on that depth yeah. chart? Are people going to panic so. a little bit? I think so. Because yeah. it's not no, I mean, out of the honestly, question you know that like Melvin Gordon's the starter all year and Javante mm-hmm. Williams outperforms him. It's mm-hmm. happened before in the league. It happens all the time, and we don't talk about it. But like the one I've looked at a lot, like recently, I've looked at kind of close was the like Fred Taylor and Maurice Jones Drew. I think we've even talked about it a little bit, mm-hmm. and how Fred Taylor was the starter for two seasons into to maybe even two and a half, three. He was the starter into MJD's career, and. Jones kept showing up like week after week and putting up numbers. I think he was even like RB8 his rookie season, but then still into his second season when Fred Taylor was starting again, you could still get him dirt cheap because it was a crappy offense and he's not even the starter, but he was constantly outperforming him. He just, he just wasn't on the depth chart yet. And I think that we could see a similar situation with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon this year. And, and you're going to get a, decent price i agree with everything you're saying dude so i'm not trying to like argue that but is the value going to get even better yeah i think you're i think you're onto something there sure if gordon is a starter and you know getting those reps and i think it just he becomes more of a buy so he's almost like a can't miss in a way they don't have anybody else you've seen these echo chambers and the way they work man the minute like everybody's over panicking about like oh my gosh why is melvin gordon starting you know you should have just known he was going to start the whole time <laughs> so yeah, no it's a great point um and and there's other backs chuba hubbard i think is is definitely undervalued at one point he was thought of to be one of the best running backs in this class as well you know things definitely didn't pan out for that guy he didn't have a great you know last season um it, it you know a lot of things just kind of fell apart dude had you know injured uh, but he's still the same talented running back. He goes to a team that uses a running back, but he's buried, seemingly buried behind Christian McCaffrey, one of the best running backs we have in the NFL. Fantasy points and, you know, just NFL production. Like, that's that's the guy. Hubbard's going to get some action, but you're probably going to have to wait, right? I mean, it's not going to happen right away. But he, talent-wise, and he dropped to where he did, and he's going where he is, low in, in our rookie drafts, definitely a buy to me. I've traded in to get him. Um, yeah, because man. I feel like falling through the cracks a little too far. And another thing here, people forget like the last time we saw Christian McCaffrey in a being very healthy and very productive. I, I know he had some productive weeks last week, last yeah, year, last year, but he was in a different offense, a different coach, a different system. Mm-hmm. Like that's all moved to Washington now. And he's been slowly taking the players to Washington. He wants that. We don't know that Christian McCaffrey is going to have that heavy of a load that he had to put up the lofty numbers he has for us the last couple of years. Like, should he? Yeah, yes. Totally different coaching system. Yeah. We don't know. Like Chuba Hubbard might spell him more than we think at this point. Like it's it's McCaffrey's backfield. I'm not trying to say that, but that's possibly one of the most valuable handcuffs in fantasy football. One of. I'm not saying the, but so yeah, I like that one. I uh, yeah, I think you need to get some some Chuba Hubbard for I sure. I traded um, my only share of McCaffrey away yesterday. Um, oh shit! There are a few pieces involved, but it was in short the trade was me adding Darnell Mooney to McCaffrey. And I had so Darnell movie Darnell Mooney McCaffrey a three oh six and I got Barkley and a two twelve. I like that a lot. Um, so 
consensus has McCaffrey above Barkley. I don't. And I felt like the offers that were going back and forth for a while, it was just kind of like, okay, if you're going to get this deal done, you have to use your value, not consensus, and just pay up for what you want. And um, felt really good switching to Barkley at this point. I like that. I tried to move Barkley a lot last year after he got hurt, and then I decided, you know what, I can't get what I even think is, you know, floor value for him, not even close. So I'm just going to hang on to him and hope for the best with the injury recovery. It turns out his injury wasn't as significant as first thought. Um, they did some preservation and not reconstruction on some things. I, I, I don't, I'm not a doctor, so right. I just know it wasn't as significant as we first feared his injury was. And apparently he's, you know, healing like a champ and like, you know, going to be back. And the best thing about Barkley isn't his between the tackles running, because there are plenty of running backs that are better at doing that. It's his ability in the passing game and the PPR that we love in this fantasy football that we play. Yeah. I think that, you know, at this point, now that he's healed, you know, he becomes a buy. People are selling him lower than you'd expect, right? Um, and and I, I agree with you on Christian McCaffrey. Um, totally different, a, a change. You know, they're going to use him, obviously. Oh, he's yeah. probably the yeah. most talented player on their team. But are they going to give him the volume that the – I mean, basically, basically the Washington football team is Carolina transplanted to Washington. Yeah. That's probably where you want the running back to be Christian McCaffrey that Christian McCaffrey used to be. Yep. So yeah, I'm, f- I'm fine with that. And you know, we're, we're reading a lot into this stuff. You definitely want talented players. You want Christian McCaffrey, but if you can turn it into a deal like you did, I, I mean, I think that's a, a win for sure. Yeah. And cause I like Darnell Mooney, but what's he going to do for me? Be my fifth, right. sixth wide receiver on my team. Yeah. I mean, Mooney, Mooney stands to gain value um, based on his skill set. I agree. With, you know, in Chicago with Fields, but they brought in Daz Newsom, who, by the way, is one of the underrated guys I wanted to bring Ooh, up. Ooh, there you I, go. I drafted so low, and um, I tried to get him in every draft. I tried to trade up to get him. I failed, and, and the guys that did draft him immediately after they picked him, I tried to trade and get him, and everybody's kind of Yeah, let's hear it. Him. I like it. Um, but I think Daz Newsom is um, greater than the sum of parts. Like, he's the guy that comes in able to do a lot of things. First of all, like, get open, find the soft spots in the zone, um, you know, block a little, make space for himself, smart, savvy, fast as hell. I mean, he's not just a fast player. You know, he's super fast, but he's more than that. You know, he can jump. He can get the ball high, 50-50 ball. He's just one of those guys that kind of, like I say, fell through the cracks. A very good player going to a team, with Justin Fields, a new Chicago offense, you know, they got the aging, I mean, still good, Allen Robinson. They have a lot of question marks. They have Darnell Moody. They need a guy that's special teams, going to work his way up, become a slot receiver. I see Daz Newsome as, like, buy low, sell high guy. Like, And that's a cheesy thing to say, but buy low and capitalize, either on your fantasy roster or otherwise. I just feel like he stands out. He was drafted low. I'm surprised how low he, he was picked, but... I think he fits well in that offense, and that's a guy you should seek out um, at wide receiver. There's not a lot of wide receivers I want to sell people on. It's a deep class, but that's a guy I think that goes to an ideal situation in Chicago and sooner rather than later is going to become a fantasy force. I have a wide receiver, and I don't think you're going to like this one. He's an older guy, so you probably already know I'm talking about Dwayne Eskridge to Seattle. Older guy, little guy, fast guy, yeah. Yeah, but second round draft yeah. capital. I, I just think he's a value. He's not somebody I'm I'm trying to get people to attach to or saying he's a league winner, but I think he's a complete value. I got him with a a waiver in a <laughs> in a Devi depleted league. So Devi depleted rookie draft went five rounds 
Dwayne Eskridge never got drafted. Wow. I took him in one, just like you're describing, the same kind of league you're describing. I drafted him just to get behind it and get that pick. Um, like in the, I don't know, fourth round maybe after capitalizing on some Debbie picks. But same thing. Like everybody was passing on him. So I took him. Yeah. He literally cleared waivers. And then the way wow. this one's going, the way this draft is, um, it's fab. But the first waiver run is if you, I had the 112, I actually won this league. <laughs> actually, I actually won this one. So I had the Are 112. You me? What the, how did this happen? <laughs> yeah. So because I had the last pick, I had the first waiver priority and I had traded all my Debbie picks away. I probably would have been the guy to honestly draft Dwayne Eskridge at my 112. And he fell through the entire draft and I picked him up on waivers for freaking free. All Dude, I had to use was priority. No I didn't even have to use fab. Dude, he's there's no doubt he's undervalued. I think, you know, based on what you said before about how these small guys, we were talking about John Rossi, small, fast guys, always overdrafted. But go figure, not Dwayne Eskridge, who was really productive. You know, Western Michigan, right? Yep. Highly productive there, um, did great. And, and you know, honestly, there's the same thing with Anthony Schwartz, the Browns took um, out of Auburn. Yep. These are good kids who are world-class freaking sprinters but they play football and they prefer football they love football right yeah they're 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 a little bit you know raw unpolished go to the right team and first of all oh that guy can't run routes you can teach a fast runner how to run routes these guys play football their whole lives they they know how to run routes it's a little over there maybe they're not omari cooper coming out of college but you're going to be able to teach them how to run routes they're going to be fine first of all they create space for themselves anyway and you teach them to run routes on your team and and there you go I think Eskridge and Schwartz, too. Both of those guys are being underdrafted. I mean, Schwartz going to the Browns. Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry are not long for the Cleveland Browns, especially Odell Beckham Jr. They're they're a very young team. Mm -hmm. they got Donovan Jones. They've got uh, Anthony Schwartz waiting in the wings. Two guys who can block and run. And that's the thing. In some of these offenses, if you don't block, you don't get on the field. Donovan Peoples-Jones got on the field because he's huge. And he's not afraid to play special teams and throw himself out there. And he blocks. I mean, he knocks defensive backs on their ass. So he's out on the field. And then he's creating space for himself. He's out jumping guys for the ball. Schwartz is going to get that love, too. When you're one of the, when you're the fastest, the youngest guy in the class, and you go to a team and you're like, ah, they have wide receivers. Again, do you think Schwartz is a talented guy? Draft him. He's eventually going to get his... <laughs> He's going to get his chance in Eskridge, too. They don't pass the ball, you know, like a lot of teams do, but they have DK Metcalf, right? Yeah. And then have Lockett, who's, you know, an aging wide receiver. He's doing Eskridge. We're going to put him in. He's going to, we're going to plug him in as a third wide receiver. Sooner or later, he's going to become, become the second wide receiver. The fact that you got him undrafted is crazy yeah. on fact. And That's heavy stupid. depleted. I mean, it, it's. I'll show you that draft. I put the other one, too, that I was talking about to you earlier in in our uh, Twitter DM. I showed you a picture of that draft. Um, Another one I've been trying to nab up that I feel like is kind of a value. He just seems to be there when I am kind of bored with my drafts is Nico Uh Collins. So I'm I'm staying in Michigan again. But another guy missed the entire season, took it off because of COVID. And he's in a I think he's in a great situation. He's a bigger guy. Plays for the Texans. They don't have a lot of, you know, options this year. He could have an immediate fantasy impact, Agreed. even if it's just a value spike and you move on from him. Much like Donovan Peoples-Jones, they yep. don't develop wide receivers. They haven't, in the recent past, developed their guys that were four and, far, four and five star recruits. 
they didn't develop them at that position and they come to the pros still the same guys just you know a little underdeveloped a bit raw but willing to play football collins jump ball uh contested catch very athletic um fell through the cracks like we say he is definitely in a position to succeed and and definitely undervalued i'm a, a guy that you can get late in drafts um Honestly, I saw him, like you said, with Eskridge. You can get him with, you know, after the draft on waivers and short and shallower yeah. leagues. Uh, uh, just sitting out there, for sure a buy. You, and, and for all the reasons you cited and the fact that, you know, he's a big guy who can catch the football. Yeah. And so go check your waiver wires, guys. Like, just to, even because of what Jeremy just said there, like, there, some of these guys are clearing waivers. And if you, you might have expected them to be drafted, but you go in and you look and, they maybe even made it through the first waiver run. I'm surprised in a couple leagues some of the players that have cleared waivers, to be honest with you. And there's and just nothing like every special. Year. There's stashes, but that's what this is all about. Yeah, I'd say, you know, just like um, every year, there are first and second round players drafted at wide receiver that don't develop. And then you look back and you're like, wow, I got Eskridge and Nico Collins. People kind of wrote them off a little bit. Yeah. And um, and they're they're more sought after. Those are definitely guys to get. You're not going to pay a lot for them. And at running back, Kylan Hill, I've been getting him in the fourth, fifth rounds of drafts. And when I don't get him, I try to, you know, trade for him. He went to the Packers. He catches the ball like a machine. Like he's very, he's above average at catching the football. You know, not a huge guy, very, very nimble, you know, um, you know, tucks in right behind Aaron Jones. And honestly, when Jones is no longer a Packer, probably can assume that role. Honestly, he's competing with A.J. Dillon for backup duties. And I like A.J. Dillon fine, this big, straight-ahead, fast, you know, big guy. Um, Kylan Hill's a better running back than A.J. Dillon. And it's just a matter of time before he gets that second spot and is used on the field and trusting situations from the quarterback where you know you need the guy on third down that's going to catch the ball and do something with it and you know maybe dylan ends up being a backup i don't think that's far-fetched is a guy that was drafted in the seventh round due to all kinds of craziness like coach he didn't get along with a you know new coach came back like you know ended up like not playing the full year just goofy stuff but he's still the same guy that a couple years ago was just racking up the yards and touchdowns and in the passing game what do the packers like to do with their backs what does aaron jones do he catches the football Yards after catch, yards, you know, after contact. Colin Hill's that guy. He's kind of a shoe-in. And you, like I said, fourth and fifth round, people don't even seem to want him. Yeah. I think you mentioned, too, like Coach really didn't like him. I, I wonder how many times those situations happen where there's just something about the kid the coach doesn't like. I don't know. Whether it's something he saw on the field or something the coach took too personal. Because every coach isn't the same coach and they shouldn't be held in the same regards but how many coaches have just like not given the right kid the right chance i'm sure it happens personality conflicts and stuff like that um you know no real no real clue but i, I know it it does happen we hear the stories after the fact but hill was definitely a talented running back there's nothing wrong with the kid he just fell through the cracks he's a guy that got drafted you know late and you know it, he did get drafted and it's just funny because you know did we forget how talented he was? Oh, yeah, he doesn't have the draft capital, but I'm not buying him high. I'm I'm getting him for a song. It's not right. like I'm paying for that. I'm just taking a chance on the team he's on and everything else. It all makes sense except for where he was drafted. That's it. I've got one to throw at you. So we've talked a lot, like our last show, we did a lot of the overvalued rookies or players we think are overvalued. Mm-hmm. And now we've went through quite a few undervalued. Stick Ohio State 
to you here. You're, Chaser, are, are, yeah. How, how do you feel about his value? Do you feel like it's appropriate? It's kind of too high, too low? Like, how do you feel about that? Well, he went to a team that loves to run the football and go through the running back. And he's a guy that can catch the ball and run. Now, you know, talent wise, I remember Debbie Watch saying that, you know, he's kind of one of those guys that, like, he doesn't do anything great. But watching him last season, lights out for Ohio State. He did great, like better than I expected. And I like him better than average for sure. He's going, what, at the top of the second, right? Yep. Usually maybe maybe in deeper leagues, the end of the first, but generally the top of the second. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree, 111 to 203. Yeah, based on the fact that he went to San Francisco, totally boosts it. I, don't, I think based on this class of running backs and everything we know about it, I think you have to take that shot. And when I was talking about all those trades I made, it was the other episode to move up. I tried to also get Trey Sermon with a 201, and my buddy Shane Manila from the HQ actually swooped in and, and traded in for that pick instead of me. I didn't offer enough, and he took the guy I was targeting, Trey Sermon. So, honestly, people Did your, people did your are whole aware. like heart change <laughs> when you saw Shane jump in front of you, and you're just like, I, damn it. I expected he was going to probably take Sermon. I saw his, <laughs> his um, running backs, and that's why I took Javante Williams where I did before I took – Terrence Marshall and Rashad Bateman before, but I almost had four picks in a row. I came real close, but Trey Sermon going in that spot, I think makes a lot of sense. Um, he's, he's a really good running back. He's one of those guys that just like, you know, is undervalued yeah. for sure. Um, and, and, and I, I feel like everybody else on that team is just kind of a guy that's done good in a good situation. Back, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Situational yeah the running backs. They create space for their backs, you know, with the one cut system that they tend to run, the you know, the zone blocking and, and they, they scheme guys open. So there's always somebody open every play and Sermon's going to feed off of that. I think he's a really good fit for San Francisco. But like you said, any running back has been moderately successful in San Francisco. Uh, guys who are Jags and yeah. Sermon's better than that for sure. Right. Played at big programs in Oklahoma, did well played at Ohio State, did well. He's one of those guys that people are like, eh, whatever, meh. Um, yeah. That's not the right answer. So it sounds like you think he's kind of appropriately valued? Yeah, I think that's the appropriate place to take him, the end of the first, top of the second. I, I definitely don't think he's you know, underrated like that as far as draft capital goes for rookie drafts, but I think he's going to do better than people think. Man, why does Shane cut in front of his friends in line? He did that to you, too. I, we were talking about that on the show, but he didn't know that had happened. And he's like, well, I didn't want to tra- take Trey Sermon. I'm like, well, I did. He's like, I just, I'm like, you bastard. I almost had four picks in a row that I tr- you know, traded in for three. Jumps in front of you to take a guy he didn't want to take. And it was the guy I wanted to take, yeah. And, um, you know, there's this is just a great class for value. Mac Jones at the end of the first. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Mac Jones. I'm, I'm just not. But going to the Patriots, good situation. You know, they're coming off of Cam Newton. You know he's not long for the role. He's older. He's got the back problems. They're trying to replace him. They did. They just drafted the guy. You know, it's a perfect fit. Belichick with his, you know, love of the Alabama coach, you know, and their friendship for so long. I say Alabama coach because I, I don't like to say Nick Saban. I get pissed. But, like, um, you know, both of those guys were Browns coaches back in the day. When our last season before they left, you know, to go to Baltimore, those guys were all here. A bunch of a bunch names, you know who's who among football you know uh, front offices and coaching staffs they were all in cleveland at that point it's it's kind of a cool story if you ever want to watch that um but like 
honestly, they, you know, he picked him and, and, you know, he went lower than expected, but he still got drafted pretty high. And, you know, he's going to the Patriots and you mentioned this before. It's a good situation for a quarterback. It's a good situation for a rookie quarterback behind Newton and under Belichick. I think that he's definitely going too low. Are we sure that Zach Wilson and all these other guys are better than Mac Jones? I'm not. And I don't really, I'm not a big fan, but value wise, you could draft Mac Jones there and trade him and make money off of that. Like yep. it's a no brainer to take him at that point in a super flex because you're, it's a no lose for you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. You can, there's somebody in your league that was hoping Mac Jones would fall to them, honestly. And he didn't, you got to get him. And you know, one story that I don't know if it's been talked about a lot, I'm not sure, but there are so many tight ends in this class that could maybe people, Oh, Trey McKitty, you know, Kenny Yeboah, all these guys, some of them didn't get drafted. Some of them very late. So going to situations where there's nobody in front of them, um, you know, um, it, and I'm missing the one name. Jeez, uh, guy that went to a perfect situation. I, I'm not thinking of that. But the, the point I'm trying to make is Hunter Long in Miami. I think that, like, that guy's getting drafted pretty late after some of the, you know, known guys that I just talked about because of situation. Hunter Long, who's an above average um, tight end, Boston College, right? He's he's the replacement for Mike Kosicki because I don't think Miami's going to resign that kid. He is better, like I said, at pretty much everything than 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 Jasicki is. I, I feel like Hunter Long is the long term tight end for Miami, and I don't think he's being drafted accordingly. He's wow. definitely under, underrated at this point. Yeah, I like it. That's my two cents, and I'm sticking to it because I only have 98 more. <laughs> save that. Save that. <laughs> that's that's 49 shows. <laughs> <laughs> yes save it up yeah but do you think i mean there's a lot of tight ends in this class and you know get them late all of them just pick your favorite guy yeah so many and it's definitely the area like thought. when i start trading into like the third and fourth round you see players and you're just like ah, i guess i'll take this tight end <laughs> you know what i mean like you're right it's there's just a lot of them there that just kind of fall through the cracks put them on your taxi squad wait a couple years yep. might pay off Yep. Boom. I think it's time to get out of here. Dude, that's good because I think I ran through on players I wanted to talk to you about. Big shout out to the birds in the background in the last couple shows. I think it's truly a great mellow ambience for you guys. You. So we've got the sound machines kicking here at Super Flexible. I am at Swagzilla Zero G. It. I know, you're lucky. He is a Dynasty Madman. This is at Super Flexible. What else do we tell them about here? Five-star review. You can five-star review to show us how much you appreciate the show. Show us that you're here listening. You could do that. You could tell a friend. Um, and work out. Get super flexible. You owe it to yourself. Honestly, we should have probably put a disclaimer at the beginning of the show that you should have stretched before listening. <laughs> Always good advice. Just listen to this while you work out. You didn't know this was a workout show? It is. Workout! Oh. Undervalued rookies everywhere. There are two. I've been adding a lot of Amon Rossi Brown 
to my teams after rookie drafts. And what do you think his floor is? What do you think he's? What do you think at worst he is? Mm, a wide receiver four. Yeah, yeah. Try hard guy, drinking his dad's protein shakes all his life, working out. I mean, yeah, I I like it. With a decent ceiling, you know, especially in one year one or two, where I think you'll be able to move on if you want to. Yeah, people seem to like him. I, I hope you're right. Um, he's He's got an opportunity where he landed. 